Lace Him Up. Because it's time for the Sunday Skate. This is the Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. A comprehensive look at the bees from deep inside the organization to the ice and beyond. Brought to you by your Boston area Mercedes-Benz dealers, AT&T, Wise Snacks, and Star Market. Now, let's get it going with WEEI.com's DJ Bean and ESPN Boston's Joe McDonald. Boom. It is time for a comprehensive look at the bees, fellas. <laughs> Let us do it. <laughs> Go. Now, welcome to Sunday Skate. I am DJ Bean. Uh, Joe McDonald, as usual, is here. Pete Blackburn, as usual, is here. If you want to interact with the show, call in at 617-779-7937 or go on WEI.com. Right on the left there, you'll see a little link. You can jump in the live chat and make fun of us and draw little pictures and do uh, do whatever you want. Uh, gentlemen, how are you? We should bring back, remember last season we had that whole idea of, hey, call in and we'll have a party at the Fours at the end we of the season. We used to ton people with alcohol. Yes. Right? Well, we should do that again, especially Well, it today. doesn't really work when you didn't follow through on the first season. <laughs> we were there. Well, <laughs> I didn't get invited. <laughs> we went out drinking a lot, Pete, okay? Uh, I was absolutely there at the Fours waiting for all of our fans and callers to come You just in. happened to be at the Fours one day and you're like, all right, this is this the is day. day. This was it. No one showed up. Oh, well, I guess I'm going to have to stay and drink for them. No, that actually is a good idea. Uh, we we love all of our all of our callers, all of our uh, internet interactors or whatever. So, yeah, call in and you will, as Kendrick Lamar said when I saw him in Montreal, you guys will forever be my homies. If you got if you call in, so that's that's very very big. And if we get our you know our buddy from Scotland again, we got to find out. Have I ever? I've handled everything poorly on this show. But <laughs> no, have I, I just want to know how, how he became than, a Bruins fan. Pete, you weren't here last week. Uh, caller called in from Scotland, and I, I DJ was no, all about Louis Erickson. I paid no attention. I was like, "What are your thoughts on Louis?" But yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks. Right, hangs up on him. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> we didn't pick his brain at all about how we have a uh, Scottish listener. So, oh well. Um, what are you going to do? So, last night was the skills competition, I'm led to believe, from you, Pete. Was that the case? It is. Uh, you're, you missed a good one, too. I'm just probably much like Joe in speaking of, of alcohol. I just feel terrible that I'm not in Nashville for the... All-Star yeah, I, mean, event. I don't blame you. I told Bradford, I was, I told him in the summer, I was like, "Look, this is the year that I have to cover the All Star game because who knows what's going to happen with the season, and who knows who's going to be their All Star." And Bradford was like, "So what is? Why does that mean you have to go to the All Star game?" I was like, "Cause it's in Nashville." Nashville. Yeah, so but, everyone, everyone's having fun with us. Well, but reason- I will say that for Nashville, the special guests or whatever they had were pretty underwhelming. I mean, I, but I'm not a big country music fan, so. Well, country music, and we will take your calls on this, 617-779-7937. Country music these days has gotten really, really bad. Chris Stapleton is single-handedly saving it, but uh, it's just become bad pop music. So uh, did, I actually did watch the Breakaway Challenge last night, mm-hmm. and James Neal, instead of his uh, breakaway move being attacking somebody, uh <laughs> He his move was that he brought out Dirk Bentley and they had a two on zero and Dirk Bentley scored and nobody pointed out that Dirk Bentley and again I'm not a country guy not even I know this Dirk Bentley went to uh, UVM with Timmy Thomas so Did he's not got know that. that's like a pretty strong hockey connection big thing and they just let it go so even when I pay attention to that stuff which I 
if if I haven't made it clear, I generally stay away from all that goofy stuff. If, if I'm going to be doing something involving hockey that is kind of silly, I'd rather do something kind of silly involving something else. You know, like I'd rather watch three hours of Friday Night Lights or whatever, or I'd rather write a story, which is what I was doing last night instead of watching the game. Unless the you were thing. in Nashville. I would be all, all about it. I would act like it was the most important <laughs> thing in my life because Nashville is uh, probably number number two for me, American cities. Uh, as far as road cities go, yeah, it's up there. It's, yeah. it's absolutely, you know, Chicago in my mind is, is number Ch- one. Chicago and, and Nashville and Nashville for me. is number two. The, the first time I had gone to Nashville, it was 06 when I was covering the Patriots for uh, the Providence Journal. You so lived such a life. It, it, this was an un- so I get there. It was New Year's Eve weekend in '06. So I went to the Music City Bowl on a Friday night. The Bruins played the Preds on Saturday. It was the worst Bruins game I've ever seen in my life. It was when Dave Lewis was coaching, and they got beat like five to one. They had a lot of worst no, games you've seen in your no, life. No, that, that one year. was really bad. Yeah. That one was really bad. And then on Sunday, it was the Pats and Titans. And then that night, I went to, it was called, uh, it, now it's called Bridgestone Arena. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, where they then play it, town. Yeah, then it was called Gaylord Entertainment Center. Okay. We went there, and it was Brooks and Dunn, New Year's Eve special, and they had all kinds of acts. It was unbelievable. See, that's my kind of country. My kind of country is like Brooks and Dunn, Vince Gill. So Vince Gill is heavily involved in this thing this weekend. Yeah, Vince Gill is, and Amy Grant. Which is, yeah, both of them, which is maybe why I'm not paying a ton of attention to it, just because it breaks my heart that I'm not involved in it. Um, as you guys well know, I'm pretty good friends with Vince Gill. We met last time I was in Nashville. That's we right. hit it I off. He said, that. he asked me how I was, uh, and he said, how do you do? And then he called and, security. And right. <laughs> and then we, we talked for like maybe 14 seconds. Steve Conroy of the Boston Herald was extremely rude to him. Vince Gill, because I told Vince Gill I covered the Bruins. And Vince Gill was like actually interested in what I was saying. He was like, oh, no way. I grew up in Oklahoma. So uh, I'm a huge Bruins fan. No, no. He, <laughs> but he was because their minor league team, um, when he was growing up, was right by him, so he would go to minor league hockey games all the time, and he would watch the Bruins like prospects back then. Um, and these were in the days when you would play in the AHL for a few years. <laughs> if like if you were a star, you wouldn't just go right to the NHL or whatever. So uh, he was talking about all these players that he'd seen down there, and he's like, "Oh, I used to watch Bobby Orr and Phil Esposito and everything." And Steve Conroy is just having none of it. He's like, "Those guys never played there. No, you don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> So he was extremely rude to me. Leave it up to Steve. That's awesome. Right. Um, But yeah, from what I saw last night, and I watched the breakaway challenge, I did like the creativity that guys were showing. I will say that Brandon Saad is the the least creative person. I don't know why they had him lead off the thing. He did absolutely nothing interesting. Set the bar real low. Because he can only get better. Yeah, okay. But P.K. Subban, did you see P.K. Subban? I did say that was awesome. If... There is no cooler guy in the league than P.K. Subban. P.K. Subban and uh, and Brent Burns were the two winners in my mind. Brent Burns night. was awesome, yeah. P.K. Subban has to be probably one of the best guys in the NHL, without a doubt. Yes. And I know Bruins fans are going to, you know, oh, no, no, he's he's not. I don't think he's that like, exists anymore, that, that, that he, Bruins fans don't like P.K. Subban. Uh, no, he, it does, trust me. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. He was getting booed in his own building last week. He was. Well, that's because the Canadians are... Terrible. A terrible bad team. Yeah, like that. I, just, I didn't even think of that. That's a nice little distraction for Canadians fans. Now, once tomorrow hits, they're like, okay, seriously, when are they firing Terrian? <laughs> um, but yeah, that was cool. I uh, I liked Subban's thing. I liked uh, 
I liked Burns's thing. Uh, who else was was good? Um, John Scott. The John Scott. I mean, he didn't do much, but heart. it was a good part of the of the event. It is crazy. Every story coming from Nashville this weekend has been about John Scott. It's an unbelievable story, and we talked about it right before we came on the air. So you read the Players Tribune piece. Best thing that's ever been on that it, website. It was. It was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And here's a guy. He absolutely deserves to be in the NHL. And he said, he's like, look, you know, I have a skill set, and this skill set provides me to play in the NHL. And when the league opens it up to fans, right. all right, and the fans vote this guy in. They sanjayed him. Then They said, sh- what's the funniest thing we can possibly do? Let's pick the bad guy and put him in the game. And then to bring his like family into it? Come that's on. what's That's unbelievable. That's where it gets messed up. And, I, I mean, that that's that's what made the story, too. Yep. I'm glad that he pulled no punches. I mean, he— Literally. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, he uh, kept some stuff out of it, like what, what was said between general managers and everything like that. But he set out to make the NHL look really bad, which... Well, they set out to make him look really bad. Right, yeah. That, well, that's the most ironic thing about it. And you wrote it, about the sonoprox.com piece. I did. Uh, the most ironic thing about it is that they tried so hard to to make him go away, but their efforts to make him go away only put him in the spotlight more and like amplified his his voice more. Yeah, I mean, since when is John Scott beloved? I mean, I know that everyone who's met him, dealt with him, I've I haven't dealt with him much, so I don't feel that I know him well enough to base an opinion off him. But um, various guys who've done stories on him say that he's the salt of the earth, which go- goes Solid. along with the cliche of you know the the fighters and uh, the enforcers in the NHL are some of some of the sweeter people that that you'd meet, but. Across the board now, nobody dislikes John Scott. In Boston, where John Scott concussed Louis Erickson, uh, <laughs> out concussed Sean Thornton, Thornton. Uh, I haven't heard a peep of people saying what a shame it is that he's in the game. Or Everybody's behind John Scott. After, after John Scott concussed Sean Thornton in that fight that they had, yeah. There was fans, oh, how come there's no response? You know, where's the response? Same thing happened this week. And Idiots. What happened? Even Sean Thornton at that time came out and said, "Look, I had a job to do. He had a job to do. He obliged by dropping the gloves with me at home, and he knocked me the hell out." Right. So you know what? Good for him. That's it. So were you thinking the same thing when Tory Krug fought Chris Stewart yeah. and everyone was when that happened? I like I follow a good amount of Bruins fans, um, and they're all smart, but I disagree with some of them. And once I saw the first thing of who's going to stand up to Chris Stewart, and I was like, oh, I hope that's not going to be a thing. Then I saw three of them. Then I saw four of them. Then I saw five of them. I was like, oh, God, the next, like, three days are going to be about how they didn't stand up to Chris Stewart. But at that time, you know, at that moment, before we realized that it was Tory Krug who started the whole thing, it was— Tory Krug's a spunky kid. It didn't surprise no, no, me. No, but I— I love the fact, being a small guy, I love the fact that he took on a guy that's 6'3", 230 right. pounds. Absolutely. But in that moment, given the situation right before the break, you wanted to see the Bruins respond in some way. Yeah. You know, maybe Krug got back to the bench and was like, guys, that was all me. Yeah. You know, but still, it doesn't matter. I mean, you have a 6'3 guy taking on Tory Krug, who's generously listed at 5'9". Right. Okay, I, 180 pounds. I, you wanted to see some, but... But it takes two to tango, so if... Yeah. if Tory Krug is going to mix it up with with Chris Stewart, then that's oh, his decision. No, right. <laughs> absolutely. Chris Stewart has all the <laughs> has all the, the right in the world to be like, all right, here we go. 
And Claude said that afterwards when someone asked him about it. He's like, hey, look, Krug started. He dropped his gloves right. first, and I don't blame Chris Stewart for saying, all right, let's go. And Krug even said it. And, and then to add to that, Krug was like, yeah, I, I was trying to get him to fight me. He didn't want to fight me mm. because because I was too small. Squish you like a grape. Yeah. Um, I, I just love that uh, they were pretty listless through the first couple periods that game. And everyone was saying, oh, well, it's because they didn't respond and blah, blah. They have no pulse. And then suddenly they start scoring goals and the Bruins have a pulse again. And it's like, that's what gets you Weird back into how that works. Right, <laughs> yeah. Who knew scoring goals is more important than winning a fight? Uh, on that John Scott, Sean Thornton thing, I remember when everyone was saying, should somebody have stood up to, I think they were saying Chara should have Chara stood up to, to Scott because Scott beat Thornton. And Thornton thought that was ridiculous because, as you said, he said we both decided to fight and I lost the fight, whatever. Um also ridiculous because Sean Thornton's on the team to one of his primary jobs right. is to his fight. Job is to do those things. But yeah, uh, I talked to Gregory Campbell a couple of days ago because that thing lasted, at least the Krug thing, I think, died down after maybe a, a day because Krug had squashed it. But uh, the Thornton-John Scott thing was like a week-long event. And I remember asking Gregory Campbell about it, just the idea of if your teammate loses a fight, uh, do you feel that you need to go fight that person? And Campbell was like, well, I should hope not because I lose pretty much every fight I'm in. And I don't see like, I don't see guys jumping off the bench to go beat up somebody just because I lost a fight. That sounds silly enough. I remember someone in the Boston media, that right after that whole John Scott thing, was killing me publicly about the fact that I said, hey, that's what it was. One guy dropped the gloves, the other guy dropped the gloves, that was it. Doesn't matter that Sean Thornton was concussed and was injured because of it. There shouldn't have been a response. Yeah. It happened right there. Earlier in that season, it was uh who hit Sagan and Chara went after him. Or was it Oh uh, I oh, forget, but yeah, but or toward the end of the pre whatever it was. So I had written this column that, yeah, Chara absolutely needs to respond and go after who it was that, that hit Sagan that time. And then I wrote the column like, no, Chara doesn't have to do anything with the whole. And, and Felger, Felger. I was, was going to ask who I was going to yeah. say. Is he one of my best friends? Yeah, Felger, okay. Felger was like, well, look what Joey Mack wrote here. And then look what he wrote a month ago. You know, you got to be consistent. I'm like, I, don't, I think I sent Maz a text like during the show. I, don't, I wasn't even listening. Somebody had Good. Te- te- listening to EI. Yeah, Good somebody man. had texted me and said, you, get, you know, you should listen to this. I'm like, it's two totally different situations. Yeah, completely yeah. different situations. If two guys that that is their role want to drop the gloves, Thornton said, "Come on, let's go. We're playing like crap right now. Let's go." And you get concussed, then hey, that's the end of it. But if somebody goes after your star player, one of your star players, and tries to injure him, absolutely, Chara or whoever needs to go and get some kind of response from that. We're uh, I should have mentioned off the top, but it's better I lis- I mention now because there's a there's a slightly better chance people are listening. Um, this is the last one hour show of the season we will go to two hours starting next week and you guessed it we're starting an hour early that hour is coming on the on the front end so so if you're just getting used to getting up for eight o'clock now right gotta get up for seven o'clock then it's no it's like consider it like you've been swinging a nice bat now and Next week you're gonna add donuts to the bat. It's the reverse of of getting warmed up. Well, if speaking of that, of pastries, if we're going to a two hour show next week, Pete, have to uh, have to convince you, you, oh, family member to whip up those muffins again. Either uh, the blueberries or the chocolate chip ones. I 
I like the blueberry ones. Blueberry ones. I mean, like that. That there's. He's I, listening. I like so that there's. Get your icing, no matter what. Blackburn, please. We're yeah. doing the two hours next weekend. I just like that no matter what it is, there's icing involved. So yeah, <laughs> you like icing. Yeah, uh, and no matter what we're doing, Fred in New Hampshire is always involved. So Fred, yes. let me ask you one question: What it do? Hey, without Oklahoma, there'd be no Harry Sinden. Very good yes. point. Hey, um, seven o'clock. You guys are just going to be rolling in, aren't you? Pretty you much. Kind of always are anyway. <laughs> uh, You'll just have to keep of... going and drinking yes. all the way through. Yes. First question, Adam okay. McQuaid, how is he? Uh, he's, I like him. What do you think? <laughs> um, Adam, we uh, right before the break, um, I saw him on level nine at the garden and, uh, and asked him how he was doing. He said he was doing well. I, he had a uh, doctor's appointment that day. Uh, to go and get checked out. So my guess is just based on a, a very quick conversation I had with him. My guess is that he's probably been skating during the break, uh, probably at Wilmington, and he will probably practice with the team this week. And who knows when he'll be back? But uh, he's 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 coming along, Fred. I just realized what a bad reporter I've become. We used to like go and like go to Wilmington just to guess if a player was skating yeah, but or something. Yeah, here, but here's the difference. And now I, I wouldn't even No, here's the difference. Like that. when Mark Savard was out, yeah. I, I was going to Wilmington all the time. Yeah, And yeah. then it got to a point where he was told, you can't talk. Right. So even if we go to Wilmington to try to catch up with Adam McQuaid, he won't say anything because they're not allowed to. DJ's still bad at his job. Go yeah, ahead, Fred. <laughs> the, the, the moral of the story is I'm not good at my job. Uh, what else you got, Fred? Good news, good news. Um, we're at the halfway point, or a little past the halfway point. Yes. And, uh, you know, I was real disappointed that An- Anaheim game. I'm thinking, okay, we end up uh, second in the Atlantic after that game. The, and the next on the list was, was Florida. And they come up and they play a game like that. I'm, I'm tired of Bolesky, Hayes, Conley. What, what is it with these guys? Ooh, I mean, you don't like Bolesky? We're playing Bolesky $4 million. It's a salary cap. Yeah, I mean, come on, eight goals. What do you mean you don't like Bolesky? I expect more from him. I expect him to be out there, and you see him every night doing something. I don't see that. He doesn't stand out to me. He stands out to you, DJ. Yeah, so that's. I mean, he stands out to I would think the average fan, given that he has quote unquote grit, which you guys love. He is a very high energy player. Doesn't put up a ton of. He's still on pace for a career high in points, Fred. So they didn't bring him here to score. Right. Goals. That, that, that's yeah, he's the, not going to score every night. And no. th- that's where the misunderstanding is. I mean, he had a career year last year as far as goals go. Um, still didn't put up a lot of points. He's putting up a decent amount of points this year. Like I said, he's on pace to to I think just surpass uh, his career high in okay. points. But he's. I mean, he's a he's he a, a a very good third line player to a, an okay second line he, player. He's he, not a. He, Top flight winger, which is why he's only getting paid three point nine. He received that contract because of what he did in the playoffs. What's that contract though? He's not getting paid a lot of money. Yeah, he took a pretty three point nine million dollars, and three point nine million dollars is not not a lot lot of money these days. (laughs) Well, when it's a salary cap, then you got to place all these people down there. When you're scoring eight goals, that's not worth four million dollars to me. I'm sorry. I mean, in Conley, where is he? I mean, I understand. That I mean, he he petered out in Tampa. He's supposed to come here. He st- he starts out. He shows some promises. He he shows. I mean, he's got a good shot. But then he just kind of peters out during the game. I mean, we need more from these players. If I you know every year, 
I want to go to the promised land. You don't go here to become in first place. Stanley Cup is what a Bruins fan wants every year. I don't care if we, what the team is. We got a goalie. We got a defenseman. We we got Bergeron. We got enough to go to get hot and win a Stanley Cup. Did you what expect, is, Fred? But did, did you realistically think that you were going to win a Stanley Cup this year? Yeah. And between Chris Kelly, I, I who's not playing, to... and Milan Lucic, who's not on the team, you're paying about five and a half million dollars. I do not watch 82 games to just, at the end of the year, go one round, two rounds. I, I watch the Bruins. Well, that, that's what they're trying to do this season, honestly. Well, that's not what I want. I, I understand that, but I'm just saying they're not trying to go for broke and win the Cup. Well, if they were, you wouldn't hear a peep about them potentially trading Louis Erickson. That's a sad, sad state of affairs. It's, well, it's, it's called a soft rebuild, and I'm not... I. I hear you, Fred, and I'm kind of uh, on board with you, and thanks for the call. I didn't love the idea of a soft rebuild, which is what they're doing. They're trying to – they said at the beginning of the season, we're going to get better over the course of the season. We think we can make the playoffs, and that's exactly what's happened. They've gotten better over the course of the season. They're implementing some young guys. Spooner, really, and Colin Miller are the the two who stand out, um, who are really taking steps. Spooner probably head and shoulders above – uh, what anybody else could have expected, but they're not—they're not trying to win the Stanley Cup at all costs. You're not going to go see them make a, a Cabriolet trade of of today or a Chris Kelly trade of today. All they want to do, and we've talked about it numerous zoom, times, zoom, zoom, zoom. They just want—they just want to get in. That's that's what they want to do. All yeah. they want to do is get into the playoffs. They had said well, it was Krug that said it after uh, the Anaheim game. Somebody asked him about you know. Holy cow, did you hear that, by the way? Like, they were all, they sounded pretty damn proud of themselves. Well, they no basically. thought we'd be here no, and like. This is where guys. we expected to be. That, that's what Krug said. This is where we expected to be at the break. We had a goal to be, what do you say, in third place in the yeah. division. And he goes, and, and that's where we are right now. And, and we're happy with that. And we know that when we come back from the break, you know, we have to put on a, a good push for the, you know, the Here's stretch the thing, run. Though, points per game, they're on pace for the, for a wild card spot. I thought they were puffing out their chests a lot for but, for well, wild card. I mean, the division is so is so the, tight right the, now. The, that, the division's so bad. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's too, tight, but it's bad. Yeah, but it doesn't matter if it's bad. I mean, it, it's still tight, and they know but that. Like, no one know, believed in us. You know what? Well, we're proof today that we can be barely in the playoffs in a fledgling conference. So, in your face, everybody. On the Bolesky thing, I I think that a lot of people who follow hockey know knew that Bolesky would probably let some people down who didn't. Who you know? Yes. Because he he was way better last year than he is yeah. as a player. I think. Look in terms who he of was production. playing with last year. Yeah. Like, he's playing with yeah. Getzlaff with Perry. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty but, impressive. Um, I would be I would be a good player if I played with those. Well, maybe you know not, what though? Big, it's the Brett Conley effect, though. I mean, like Conley's big, not producing with Bergeron and Marchand, so who knows? A big nod to Bolesky, too is that he play he's played in forty seven of the forty nine games that they've had in the first half, and he's never played a full season. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, who even knows? We still don't know what that was when the Bruins sat him down early in the season. People will forget about that. But early in the season, the Bruins just sat him down and said, you're, you're not playing a couple of games. And there was no word of whether it was injury-related, whether it was ailment-related. The only thing Claude Julian would say was that he woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I remember talking to Bolesky about it a little while back, and he was saying that he his – his confidence wasn't there. He wasn't playing as well as he should have. So who even knows what that is? But yeah, to your point, for the game he's played, he's 
been healthy, which is which is pretty good. I mean, his career high in games played in the season is seventy. Yeah. So, and he is forty-seven through at the All Star break. So, yeah, his career trajectory has been pretty interesting. I mean, where Lucic started off so high, and again, those guys are born the same exact day, same day as a very handsome guy currently speaking. Uh, Pete, yes. <laughs> um, uh, where Lucic started so so high, and then has, has gradually come down. Bolesky kind of has taken the more traditional route and was a bottom six guy, and eventually kind of cracked the the top six. And like I said, I mean, I consider him a very good third liner to a. a He's a nice a complimentary good, piece. He's yeah, not I mean, a guy who's gonna. Go but, out there. Yeah. And, but they knew that. You put him on a line with David Krejci, and Krejci will be just and he, fine. And he's making money to reflect that. Yeah. And maybe a little bit higher than, than the, I don't know. Years like is, the only, con- is the only bad thing about his contract. Five years, because you worry about giving five years to anybody. But $3.9 million. They thought he was going to get a lot more than that on the market. Well, that was the thing. So the, the day before uh, free agency, uh, a, a pretty good source gave me a heads up and was like, Hey, don't sleep on on the Bruins signing Matt Bolesky. And I was like, no, because that's going to be a disaster because everyone thought he's the ultimate buyer beware type guy. And, you know, you, you look at his numbers and you dig into the stats and you see that he was playing with some really good guys over there. And you think, seems like a nice player, but if they're going to pay him like an annual 20 goal scorer, which, I mean, people went crazy when the Bruins gave Riley Smith 3.4 based on one Bergeron aided 20 goal season. So, I mean, you were worried that this guy's going to get like $6 million because he's also young. So that might help his case. $3.9 million. The only thing they really gave up was, was, was the fifth year and a no trade clause. But as you should know, in Boston folks, everybody gets no (laughs) trade clauses throughout the league. Uh, So yeah. All right. Uh, We, the, the the lines are flooded, but we're going to talk to Maria from Watertown. After this break, uh, yeah, we'll be back. Sunday skate. I think there's definitely progress. I think uh, a lot of it's just natural maturing. I think, um, you know, with inexperience and, and trying to figure out pairings and chemistry. And I thought uh, some guys definitely stepped up throughout the first half and, and helped our game. And obviously uh, you saw the way that our goal, goalies have been playing as of late, and that's helped us uh, as a group collectively as well. So I think uh, definitely growing, and we're going to continue to grow and uh, take on any challenges in front of us. Did you know that that's Blues Traveler? Yes. It's the song Hook by Blues Traveler. You know what it's about? No. It is literally about a song. It doesn't matter what I say as long as I sing with inflection. It makes you feel that I convey some blah, blah, or vast reflection. But I've said nothing so far, and I'll go on as long as it takes, and it don't matter who you are, blah, 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 because the hook brings you back. The hook is like the chorus. Yeah, I get that. I yeah. didn't know that. Nice. Stop so, calling you the hook because you always bring us back. So, yeah. DJ so, Hook. John Popper, a.k.a. John Tomasi, in the house. <laughs> he, he, know, he knows that. Like, they, 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 I don't think they look anything Indistinguishable. Like. Are you kidding me? I don't think they look anything like. Well, John Popper's had about a thousand different looks, but at <laughs> some point, they've looked the same. John Popper, I think, like, had a crazy drug problem, though. So I don't know which which look that that was that he matched up with with John a healthy one. Uh, okay, Sunday skate. Uh, the phone lines are crazy. The um, live chat is crazy. We got Colin Jost in there saying you got to resign. <laughs> he says 
re-sign Erickson, trade for Sammy Votnin or Jonas Brodeen and crush life. Uh, I don't know how they would do that, but that sounds fun. Uh, let's get back to the phone lines. Uh, Maria in Watertown. How are you, Maria? How are you today? Good morning, Maria. Terrific. Good. Here are my quick takes. Fred, he's delusional. Uh, he, he, I, I don't know where he's coming from. He always sounds New like a very... Yeah, I know, <laughs> but uh, today in La La Land, perhaps, because he always sounds you know, like he knows what he's talking about, but it's going to take a while for Donnie Sweeney um, and company to rebuild this team to be a Stanley Cup contender. Um, while they may be a playoff team, they're not going to make much noise given their, their current roster, especially if um, they make some kind of decision about movie. moving Louis Erickson. Um, Tory Krug, just be careful you don't wrench your shoulder patting yourself on the back um, because you're very, very lucky to be in the position that you're in right now because Montreal Canadiens have been horrible. And if they hit the reset button in the second half of the season, the Bruins better be more worried about the fact that they've lost so many games at home and that could potentially end up bouncing them from the playoffs. That's my pet peeve. They better figure out why they play so poorly at home and they are not ready to play. And then with regard to the NHL All-Star game, if I'm the marketing people for the NHL, I'm ditching Sidney Crosby as the face of the NHL, and I'm making P.K. Subban the face Amen. of the NHL. Because that kid, as much as I hate to say it, he's got charisma. Um, he conducts himself well in front of the camera. You know, the fact that he's, you know, donated $10 million to a children's hospital and he showed up to play the game, I'm making him my face of the NHL. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, you know the expression from the uh, great movie Swingers, Maria, and thanks for the call. You know, you're so money and you don't even know it. P.K. Subban is so money, and he one he million it. percent <laughs> knows it. it. And that Absolutely. makes him maybe ten times more money than he already is. And I was surprised that you your article on, on Chara, I was surprised that the scout didn't name him as one of the elite guys in yeah. the top tier. He named, what, Duncan Keith and Duncan uh, Keith, Drew Doughty. Drew Doughty um, from a pure hockey standpoint, those are those are pretty good right. hockey guys. Yeah, well, yeah but, I'm, know, but I think P.K. Subban is in the elite top tier of defensive. Yeah, defense, I mean, I don't if, know. Uh, well, if he was elite in, in, I mean, he is. He's an unbelievable player, no doubt about it. Those elite players find a way to turn things around when your team is going in the toilet. Yeah. And he has not been able to do that. Nobody on that team has been able to do that. I mean, they miss Carey Price, no doubt. But I don't think top three in of def- elite defensemen in the league. You, ha- I mean, you have to put him in that category. But Dowdy, absolutely. Well, can I tell you that I've started to come around on, and I, I wish that the position wasn't called defenseman anymore. Ryan Lambert makes a great point that if it were in like in other sports where they call it back or something like that, then. There would be no argument, and it's a good point from from good old RL, friend of the show. Um, Eric Carlson is just an unbelievable player, and I've held his lack of defensive dominance against him, but he's just such a scary player to play against because all he's thinking when he's on the ice, even when you have the puck, when you have the puck, there's a good chance you can skate around him and make him look really, really dumb, and Pete, you've made countless gifts. You, you, you've seen how foolish Eric Carlson is can be made to look, but 
I've also if made, you have the puck, also made countless gifts. Right, of exactly. What he's done with the puck. He's yeah. thinking like the second that puck comes off your stick, if it doesn't go in the net, I'm gonna have it really, really soon, and you're in trouble. So I put Eric Carlson up there as well. Uh, this will probably be the year where I start giving Eric Carlson Norris votes. I've never given Eric Carlson a Norris vote because I'm a stubborn, stubborn old man. I think I that's going to end your relationship with Jack Edwards. Maybe. <laughs> but you know what? I've I've had enough conversations slash arguments slash uh, being the victim of a bully session about Eric Carlson from all the, the stats people. And I've, I've come to look at it with a more open mind. Who's been a better defenseman in their career, Zdeno Chara or Eric Carlson? Zdeno Chara, of course, in my mind. I but, agree with you. Though. But, but there are few players more dominant, regardless of position. Few players more dominant than Eric Carlson. So, but you know, to Maria's point, which is why I've always given him heart votes for what it's worth. I voted for him for Norris. I voted for him for Norris. Yeah. I voted for Chara for Norris Sheep. in the past. But, but to get back to Maria's point about PK Subban, and, and this kind of brings up. You know, the whole All-Star weekend and, and guys deciding that, you know what, I'm not going to participate. And they get, you know, you're talking Ovechkin, you're talking uh, Taves, you know. Yeah. It, and these guys, if you got— Bad ass is getting suspended. Yeah, by the way, but, that's you know, the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So, you know, yeah. so that gives them another day off. That's, right. That, that's, it, that's what it gives them, you yeah. know. But if you polled the majority of the players in the league, ask for an honest answer— the majority of them would say, "Get rid of it. Get rid oh, of the stupid. Get, get rid of the All Star yeah. game. You know, if you're going to give us a break, you know, that's fine. But these guys don't want to be there. Yeah. The majority of them. And it, you look at the skills competition of yesterday, as Pete was as men, was mentioning earlier, and it was creative and it was fun, and that's great. The fans loved it. Awesome. But these guys don't want to be there. They'd rather take a couple days, go somewhere warm." You know, recoup, whatever. So then you get a guy like P.K. Subban who's been on Twitter. You know, I mean, he's great on Twitter anyway. But, you know, couldn't wait to get to Nashville. He promoted the hell out of yeah, this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and absolutely. You're talking about the the face of the NHL. Obviously, you know, like Maria, to Maria's point, was it's Sidney Crosby because he's one of the best players in the world, no doubt. But he doesn't go to All-Star games. Right. You know, but you have these other guys – and you mentioned Patrice Bergeron. You know what? He did. I was paying attention because of what the, Bru- you know, the Bruins. You were paying attention because of Patrice, Patrice Bergeron. Bergeron. Yes. <laughs> but you look at what these guys do for the game, and honestly, the majority of them don't want to be there. But they accept it. It's part of the deal. This is what the fans want. So they're going to give it to them. And I, Maria's right on. I mean, P.K. Subban is just. Unbelievable he, for this game. He might not be the face of the league, but he's the most marketable player in the no league for question. sure by far. No question. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> remember remember uh, the uh, the awards they the NHL Network had him as like the uh, oh the behind yeah the he scenes. was yeah and Tuka people and Tuka <laughs> was not having it at all. That was great. Do you remember that, Pete? What? Uh, he was Sorry. like the uh, the Pierre Maguire of the NHL awards. He was interviewing people uh, like during the the awards. And after they won the awards, they'd go down, they'd get interviewed by P.K. Subban. And after Tuca won the Vezina, Subban had to interview him for like three quick questions or whatever. And Rask was just throwing shade the entire time. <laughs> it was it was like, like really it was like brief that. one-word answers, awesome. just being a total 
you know what to him. It was like that series had just ended the night before, and Tuka wanted no part of him. <laughs> yeah, the best. Uh, the best. Who, uh, Pete? You mentioned uh, my my story on WEI.com. I uh, want to float that out there if anyone wants to to read it and weigh in. Uh, a scout on Zidane Ochara quote. For me, I started seeing a bit of a change or a bit of a drop-off last year more drastically. It seemed to start last year, and then the beginning of this year was a mini cliff, to put it that way. I actually feel bad for him. I think it's probably easier for a forward to deal with, things happening quicker and you're not reacting, not seeing things the way you used to. The game used to look a little bit clearer, a bit slower. And the scout goes on to say that, uh, you know, it, it looks like he's... That like his skating's gotten worse, and it looks like his hands have gotten worse. But in the scout's eyes, it's actually just that his awareness and recognition has has gotten so much worse that he's prone to make more mistakes. Now to counter out to counteract that, every stat, including advanced stats, traditional stats, say that Char is still one of the 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 better I'd say twenty defensemen in the NHL. And the scout agreed. I mean, the the scout was saying that. He's dropped off, but he's still as good a shutdown defenseman as there is. But, I mean, it it begs the question of how much longer will Chara still be great? He's not what he was, but he's still pretty darn effective. So if you want to weigh in on that, 617-779-7937. A good point that Maria brought up was about the Canadians, that for as proud as the Bruins are of where they stand – and really, it was just it was just Spooner and Krug who said that stuff about you know they've proven people wrong and they're so happy with where they stand. And I, it could have been the question they were asked. Like I don't want to act like they just came out and said this really dumb thing because it was a dumb thing for them to say. Uh, but peeking at the wrong time, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> God. But uh, if the Canadians ever get going, then the Bruins seriously will be in trouble. And. The Canadians have a lot of ground to make up, and it's a very tight division, but by no means are the Bruins running away with anything here. And when you talk about the Canadians, with Carey Price, he's still not going to be back for— I was going to say, he's going to be back at some point within the next calendar year, so watch out. (laughs) And and it's not going to be anytime soon. I know originally they said right after the All-Star break. Well, he's not going to be back right after the All-Star break. He's still a few weeks away from— you know. I mean, he's been skating, but he's been skating on his own. I don't know what the latest update is, but uh, last I had read is that he was just out there skating, hmm. you know, not with any pads on, just his skates, gloves, and a, and a helmet. He's out there taking a twirl to, to see how that lower body injury feels. But they have a lot of ground to make up, hmm. no doubt about it. But, you know, Mark Bergevin came out and put it all on him, blamed himself, said, you know, said that uh, Terrian was, was safe. If they come back from the break and they lose a couple quick games, I think they should fire him. Yeah, I think they should fire him. because I think I've... everybody in Montreal thinks they should fire him, too. But, here, right. but here's the problem. Who are you going to bring in to replace him? Randy Be- Cunningworth. Uh, I'm kidding. No, I was going to say, jeez. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, well, maybe Guy Boucher. No, you, ha- and you have oh to bring God. somebody into that market that one of my best, is Canadian. One of my best friends is a big Canadians fan, and he was distraught when Guy Boucher left and went to the Lightning. If they hired Guy Boucher, my friend would need several <laughs> pairs of new pants. Talk um, about going from a like a, a villain villainy looking guy right. from Terrian to another extremely right. villainy looking guy <laughs> in Guy Boucher. Right. 
Uh, okay, we're going to take an all-star break of our own, and uh, we'll be back uh, with the final segment of Sunday Skate. We see all your calls. We're going to get to them. Uh, it's Sunday Skate on WEEI. All right, back here on Sunday Skate. Danny Picard is coming up next, the best in the biz. Danny Picard is going to be up next, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, let's see, callers, which one do we want to go with? Uh, let's do let's do Al on the cell who wants to talk about Zdeno Chara. What up, Al? Hi, guys. Good morning. Um, you know, it, 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 it's funny. I, I just wanted. To, I thought it was a good piece, and 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 I and I I have a, an interesting analogy, although it's going to age. It's going to date me and show how old I am. But but you know, Larry Robinson in the seventies and eighties or eighties mostly was a fantastic defenseman. And at the end, at the end, he really started to show it. But he was still very very strong. So as as, as much as great as he once was. When he began to lose it, it was really obvious, and sometimes it was embarrassing. But he was still a dominant, big, shutdown defenseman, and the Canadians were still great even late in his career. And I think it's really similar to... It's a great comparison. I was going to say, Joey, you're way older than all the people. (laughs) Al, that's a great comparison, buddy. That's a good good one. No, Al, Al, yeah, absolutely. That's a a great comparison. But I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. What were you you saying? I have one other question, and, 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 and it's 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 probably what what you guys are asking yourselves, but that you know if, if you see the Bruins and everyone thinks that they're a, a playoff team, but marginal and and probably can't make a run, and 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 there's options for them to potentially deal Erickson and and maybe others, and of course Char Char has a no trade, I understand, but but would you guys blow it up, or or, or would you guys would you guys try to make the best? Because what worries me is they're going to want the the revenues from the playoffs. And they're not willing to sort of really retool the way we want them to. They're going to sort of retool and sort of be good, and that worries me. Oh, that's exactly what I think they're doing. And you bet your bippy they want to get into the playoffs so they can get that money. I mean, that's that's the that's the Jacobs. Um, they want to get that right. money. It's, it's always been their way, but but you, you know, but uh, which it, I think the city of Boston would also like the playoffs. Uh, but I also think they want to get in the playoffs because it's the first year of the new regime. The Don yeah. regime. They don't so. want to. Look, like, I mean... They, Getting into the playoffs would be a win for them. Shirelli could year. say they missed the playoffs because Krejci was hurt. If like, What's what's the excuse if they miss the playoffs this season, I, you know? I, I, here's my last question, and, and, and I don't understand this at all, and it's bugging me for years. You play 82, and I know this is, again, this is commonplace. Everyone talks about it. You play 82 regu- irrelevant regular season games, and what really matters are the playoffs, and it's the best sport to watch in the world when there's playoff hockey. No question. Why can't you have a first-round bye so that the team that wins their division gets a bye so the 82 games are absolutely critical? My quick reaction upon hearing that for the first time is because that team would lose in the next round. Yeah, because the break is way too long. Right. I think that too many, what is it, lactic acids would build up (laughs) in their legs and... I mean, they'd have to be doing bag skates Teams every would other hate day. Getting the bye, yeah. If that was the case, yeah, right. They wouldn't get to play. They, yeah. So the the coaches would have to work them into the ground for a week and a half. Very good call, by the way, Al. Thanks for calling. Yeah, in. call Keep back, calling Al. In. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's good stuff. It you know, as far as you know, the bye is you know was concerned. I think it, in one sport, as as you just mentioned, it just it wouldn't work in hockey. It just yeah, it wouldn't. Um, I think the way that they have it set up now with you know the eight teams from each conference, you know. 
division winners and then the the wild card winner. I think I think it it works. And yeah. you look at any team, uh, you can look at a team like you know last year like the Minnesota Wild. Okay, they get Devin Dubnik in January. They go on this unbelievable run. They get into the playoffs. They beat the St. Louis Blues in the first round, which the Blues finished as one of the best teams right. during the regular season. And then, of course, they face the Blackhawks and get swept in the, yeah, right. you know, in the next round. Happens there. But, it, but to your point, DJ, absolutely. These teams, no matter what happens during the, re, you know, the 82 games during the regular season, teams want, obviously want to play their best hockey down the stretch. You know, that's what they want to do. So they don't want to get to a point where you know, game 82, everything is, is clicking, and then all of a sudden it's like, eh, we're going to be off for the next you know, 8 to 10 days. You know, it, that even longer I mean, than that because the, the first round can last what two two weeks? Well, a week and a half. Yeah, and th- think about so think about the last time the Bruins would be in that situation. Twenty thirteen fourteen, they win the Presidents Trophy. The last what like two months of the season, even without and at that point Dennis Seidenberg was still a really really good player. Even without Dennis Seidenberg, that was probably the most dominant the Bruins have been in this whole in the the Shirelli era at least. And, and if they were to then, okay, now sit down for a couple of weeks, they'd be like, are you kidding me? And then we have to play the Canadians? Fans <laughs> would hate that too. I mean, your team just finishes first in the in the conference. Yeah. You're getting pumped for the playoffs. You've been waiting. I'm assuming if you're first in the conference, you've been waiting for the playoffs for a long time. Yeah. And then you have to sit there and watch other teams play for a week and a half, two weeks, and your teams. Yeah, it's it's an easier sell in football because people are used to, to waiting all day for Sunday night. <laughs> you know, they have to wait the, the full week until you get to the game. Baseball's uh, first round's only five games. Yeah. Uh, this was a very good episode. Just <laughs> really good. Wait till next week. Damn, was it good. Um, yeah, next week we go to two hours. Get the coffee ready. Yeah, so... If you can't wait until the two-hour show next week, I got good news for you. Coming up, Danny Picard and Chris Price. Hot damn. Enjoy. We'll be back next week with two hours of Sunday Skate. We out. I want to go to the promised land.